Good morning, everybody. My name is Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio on Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2023. So happy Valentine's Day to everybody. All right. Be my Valentine, whatever. I won't sing anymore. You don't have to worry about that. Okay. Have a good one. Whatever. All right. We have a good, we have a good show for you today, which, which my good friend, Randy Conimo, who's the wonderful CEO of Capstone Publishing, we titled the show today, The Importance of Loving Literacy and Reading. Okay. And that's what we got to do. We got to teach kids to love reading and love literacy from the very beginning. It's all about love, and that's what we're going to be talking about today with Randy, who I'll get to in just a minute. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org, and that is our home website for American Consortium for Equity in Education. We do a lot for equity. We publish a wonderful magazine that's an online journal over there called Equity and Access Pre-K-12, and if you go over there, you will see that the new issue that's up there, just click on the cover, all right, is... um, all about our equity award winners. Colleagues of yours, educators from all over the country, are honored as well as a lot of companies in there. So please check it all out. It's, re- it's really a nice issue. We're very proud of it and, and happy to honor the people that won those equity awards. Okay, it's really nice. Uh, SEL Today is over there, seltoday.org. You can link to as well as teacher-retention.com. And also, of course, all these podcasts are archived over there. So it's uh, it's a good website. We hope to take a minute and to go over there. Everything we do over there, by the way, is free, and we're happy to give you a subscription to the online journal. And just go over and sign up. Again, it's free. We're not going to bother you. It's all at ace-ed.org. Okay, so now let me introduce you to a, for a return visit, one of the great female leaders, okay, in education, okay, and that's my friend Randy Economo, who's the CEO of Capstone Publishing. Hi, Randy, it's Larry here. How you doing? Good happy morning. Happy Valentine's Day. Hey, happy Valentine's Day, and thank you for the lovely serenade. It's a great way to start the day. Be my Valentine. Are you wait? Are you waiting for your fla- <laughs> Are you waiting for your flowers and uh, your chocolate? I am ready for him. I think you're going to have my doorbell ring in just a minute. I there you go. So, but the serenade was lovely, so thank well, you. Well, it's, it's, like it's like you're getting a singing telegram, which nobody even knows what I'm talking about when I say that. Okay? Do you know, do you know what a singing telegram is, Randy? I know what a telegram is. I will they tell you that. Have, um, they used to, back yes. in the 30s and 40s, you could have a guy who would deliver the telegram and then sing the message to you, like, happy birthday wow. to you. Okay, there you go. Sing me telegram. You know, I, I think vintage has my a lot of character, and I love it. I love it. No, it's me. I do know about the telegrams, but I did not know there were singing telegrams. There so. were singing telegrams. That's kind of yeah. fun. It's all, it's all a thing of the past. I used to be a history teacher, and that's where we are so far. All right. Hey, this is great. We're <laughs> going to talk about – actually, we're going to talk about loving reading, teaching kids to love reading, teaching kids to love literacy. But just tell everybody about Capstone, uh, your CEO, Bragg. Go ahead. Madam CEO. So Capstone, I mean, the heart of what we do is about engaging kids to read, and we love what we do. We're a 30-year publisher, over 30 years now, and we're trusted and we're we're loved, and we inspire kids to read and read more often, and then we know we open pathways and doors to their lives. So we're a company that geeks out about reading. We're based in Minnesota, but we're worldwide, and 
about a third of the schools in the nation use Capstone. We probably have about 10.5 million learners every day wow. that log in to our solutions. And a print book, at least one print book in every library in the U.S. and wow. even abroad. So it's fun. We have a huge responsibility. Wow. That, that, I, I didn't know all that. That's really cool, i got to tell you. That's, that's, that's some, well, some great you. statistics. And, you know, we're the Consortium for Equity. This is Education Talk Radio, our broadcasting arm. And what draws us to you, and i got to tell you, is, is the first thing on your website, which, by the way, everybody, is capstonepub.com. And this is what we're all about, because our, our equity and access, the first thing of there is learning is for everyone, everyone. Absolutely. And just talk about, it is. And, and talk about, before we get into the details of this, talk about how important the whole idea of diversity is and access to learning for every kid is and how they have to kind of see themselves in what they're reading. Just talk about that and how Capstone, Capstone goes after it. Well, I'll tell you to us, representation matters, and it matters every day and every way. Yep. And we take the idea that reading can open windows and, and doors to the world very seriously. And, you know, if you get close to our content, you'll see that we have content that, you know, is for all kids, for them to see themselves and what they're doing. We have a child named Yasmin, who is a Pakistani-American. We have a lovely little girl named Emma. My daughter's name is also Emma, and she uses a cochlear implant. We have characters like Leem, who lives on the Ojibwa reservation. We want kids to see the world and see themselves so that they can grow and learn and you know, we're proud of the strong selection of diverse characters and authors yeah. that we've brought to life in our <clears> chapter <throat> books. And we know that um, it matters that kids have access to, that they can read anywhere, anytime, that they can have scaffolds that help them read um, if they're unable to read on their own. We are about doing what we can to bridge the, the literacy gap to, to make it possible that all children can learn and grow. Because when you think about it, you need to learn to read first. And when you can fall in love with reading, yeah. then when you're reading to learn, you can go so much farther in your journey. And so for us, representation matters, and we know it matters to kids. We know it matters to the world that we live in, and uh, we're pretty excited about what we do from that you standpoint. Thank you. You should be. Thank you. And, and you know, I got you just said something that struck me as so important. If you teach kids to love reading from the very beginning, when you can first possibly do that, even before school, okay, when you can do that, yep. when it's if they love reading, they're gonna. You can use that to get them to love learning. Okay. Absolutely. And that, 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 you know that that's a key thing. That's a key bridge right there. Okay, and that's why it's so Absolutely. important. And, and and talk talk about what you guys are doing, and why it's important to talk. To, you know, we always talk about reading, and we talk about reading. Kind of, you have to be reading at the right level by third or fourth grade. We usually say third. Okay, but if we want to accomplish that, as you know, the NAEP scores weren't that good, so there's a lot of controversy out there, okay, about science of reading and all that sort of stuff, all right? But the key to it, the key to it all is to get get into their heads beforehand, all right? And just talk right. about that, that early reading experience and, and how you guys helped to, to, to accomplish that goal. Right. You know, thank you for giving me an opportunity to talk about this yeah. because it, we have of so course. much passion about it. So we love creating content 
for all kinds and all ages of kids, but I have to tell you it is extra special when at Capstone we can help a student get off to a great start in their reading life. Yeah. And so even without knowing it, when you look at some of our online uh, resources, so we have a, an amazing solution called Pebble Go that is, you know, really a repository of, you know, research opportunities for the earliest readers. And when you look really closely at that solution, you probably wouldn't even notice it, but it's just the right navigation for a kindergarten student, K to two students, <laughs> just the right text for them. It's correlated to what they need to know in school. So teachers love it. We make it so that it can read aloud. So when you think of our students that, you know, are emerging readers or maybe students that are born into families where there may not be a fluent reader in the home, we build in scaffolds in our solutions so that every child can learn and, you know, I know you've you've been on our website and you've been looking at it. Oh, but yeah. I'll tell you when when you know right on our website we talk about uh, we quote Pamela Paul and Maria Russo of the New York Times when when sure. they suggest that no matter a topic or a story, an early reader book should make reading seem like a club that your child wants to be part of. What better way to make a child feel part of something than, than seeing themselves in the pages of the book? You know, we know that we need to create content that is exciting for students that they want to read. And, you know, and that gets into the high interest. I think last time I was with you, I talked to you about the Pukey Book of Vomit, and I still owe you that book. But <laughs> we think about high interest kinds of topics. I forgot too. about that. Say I love it to again. get you laughing, Larry. Yeah, you do. Say the it again. Pukey Book of Say Vomit. It again. <laughs> the pukey, pukey book of vomit. We've got Richard the Picker. We've got the slimy book of snot. But, but seriously, we live by the oh. mantra that we need to build content <laughs> that kids love and educators trust. And so in some of our, our topics, you'll see things like, you know, sports and biographies and graphic novels and appropriately, appropriately spooky books. But here's one that I'll give you. We don't just have a book on the Revolutionary War, but we get kids hooked right from the get-go by calling it the dirty, gritty, stinky Revolutionary War. Ooh, so we have a muddy, blast, and we muddy. we want kids to fall in love. Yep, fall in love with reading. So right, and if you do it and you have fun with it, they 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 will learn. I mean, they they, they will learn. And this is this is the trick. Okay, well, you know, I got to ask you this: Where's the sweet spot? And this is an interesting question: Is it in schools or libraries? Okay, I'm, I'm curious you know about what? that. Re- Reading happens everywhere. So we, um, as a company, we you, you can see our books, you know, distributed on Amazon, and you can, you know, Amazon, Google, Target, Walmart. Uh, we have amazing distribution partners that distribute our content. But but knowing that kids spend most of their time at school, we focus on a direct sales force that goes right into every school library in the nation and. There's our content for kids because we know our content is quality. We know that we get them hooked on learning and they don't even know it. They become, in our world, we want them to become voracious consumers of content, to love what they're reading, and then, oh, by the way, yeah. they're learning along the way. Yeah. It's, it's an awesome situation to be in. So I would say reading happens everywhere, learning happens everywhere, and everywhere matters. So at right. home, at school, in the community, anywhere they can access content. Yeah, and you just brought, you just reminded me of something. We always have to support school libraries and school librarians. Okay, that is, that is just such an, yeah, such an important factor in all this. 
Okay, and sometimes sometimes we forget that. And you know, on that note, you know, as you're talking to the schools these days, what do you what's the, what's the word on libraries? Just from your point of view, are they are they using them as much as they should? Oh my goodness! So libra- librarians are the champions of literacy in their buildings. I won't argue that. You know, they make a huge difference, and you know, there's a lot going on in their world right now, and you know, to pick the just right books and to make sure that they're connecting students, that they're really championing, being champions of the learning and the reading that needs to happen. And so they support us and we listen and we learn from them and we support them. And, you know, they, some states are not affording librarians and, you know, Capstone would love to see librarians in every school, but every child would have access to a librarian that can help them fall in love with literacy and fall in love with reading and learning. And so we're thankful for the relationships we do have and we are welcome. You know, we want to support and help our librarians out there and make their jobs easier, give them access to our content so they can preview it and read it and make sure they're picking out the appropriate books for their community and for the children that they serve. You know, it's just, it, it's just so important, and you know they're under a lot of pressure right now. And I'm so glad you said all that because they they are just such a vital link in education. And sometimes people don't understand that, okay? And we just got to keep pushing yeah. that, et cetera, et cetera. You you wrote down a couple Absolutely. of questions you wanted me you wanted me to ask you, and I love the questions you wrote. Okay, I'm going to ask you one of them right now. Okay, we talked about today's okay. Valentine's Day. We want a nice. We want we want the kids to love reading, but you asked me to ask you this: What does it look like? And I love this question. What does it look like when kids fall in love with reading? And that's a great question. Wow. What does it look like? Wow! Thank you for asking that. I'll tell you, yeah. the beauty of all of it is it doesn't look like just one thing. I mean, it is individual. Mm-hmm. For each and every student that absolutely learns to fall in love with reading. But I'll tell you, as a former teacher, taught English yeah. in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, high school level, but you can see it. You can spot it. The best moments are when you see a child have that light bulb turn on. And, you know, when I think of falling in love with reading, you're really falling, falling in love with learning. And so I know that my teacher friends out there, my colleagues around the nation know that there's no greater joy or no better moment when we spot it happening. And I'll tell you, you can see it when they, when a reader finds something that delights them, that they, that they get immersed in, if you will. And then it can dovetail with existing experiences and interests that can open their eyes to something they had never considered or seen before. But it's just, it's very, very special, and I love it even more. And I'll tell you, you know, some of these early readers, like when they can fall in love yeah. with a character, some of the children write fan mail to our characters because they think our characters are real, and they want to help our characters write books. <laughs> it's so neat when they fall in love with a character right. or they become a mini expert on something like sports or animals or even fashion, whatever they're interested in doing, and that's, the beauty of what we set out to do at Capstone. We want to make content for every reader, but it is a beautiful thing. And it is so important for kids to fall in love with reading because it changes their lives. It's something I'll never get tired of talking about because it changes their lives. And, you know, the more they read, the more they'll achieve. And I am so blessed that my life's work gives me such a motivational fit. It's not just work, but it is it is giving something back. It's it's making a difference in the world, and that's how we feel about it at Capstone. 
Yeah, well, you, I, I know you do, and I got to tell you something, Rand. Yeah, I, I didn't really, I didn't know you were you were an English teacher in the Phoenix schools, and you're you're a classic and a great example, okay, of how how educators, okay, stay in the business. You don't have to be in the classroom to stay in education, and you 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 were a classroom teacher in Phoenix. Now you're the CEO of a major publishing house in education, and that's just an amazing track. I got to congratulate you on that. That's just wonderful. Thank it's you. A, Thank I mean, you I mean it's really much. something. Who who knew when you started out? You know who knew? Okay, and I always say that to teachers. There's a there's a lot of places to go in education. Okay, and Randy's a classic example. Of that, I, I just I just got to tell you, it's it's just something we got to always think about, you know. Uh, it's so good to see when the kids fall in love with reading, and there's something else about that, and you kind of just touched on that. We're so worried about losing teachers, so you know, teacher retention. There's a shortage of teachers, etc. And what makes a teacher stay in teaching? One of the great things is to see that light bulb go off, to realize you're making a difference, and the tools are out there. Okay, if a kid loves reading and a kid loves learning, they're going to love being in your class. Okay, and as a teacher, you pick up on that. Okay, that matters. Okay, so from the very beginning, all this piles one thing on top of the other, and it has a lot of implications down the line. There's a lot of layers to the onion, you know, and we just, we got to make sure that that's why it's so important and, you know, preschool, et cetera, to get these, to get a good foundation of learning, et cetera, and get the right tools in there. Just so important. You had another question, which I just loved, you know, I'm going to say it this way. You said some people debate about what real reading is. Okay. And this is a great question. It's print the only way. What about audiobooks? What about magazines? What about newspapers? Okay, what what when when you say they're reading, okay, what are we talking about here, Randy? In your opinion? Well, you know that's a that's a great question, and this is what I'll say just from the get go is that when you think of literacy, what it really takes to be productive, growing, you know, citizens of the world, if you will, we have to look at literacy as something that is expansive, something that. You know, all kids need the skill of literacy, and really, my answer to you would be it all counts. I mean, when we think about the way information comes to us, it comes in all sorts of ways, from pictures that a child might see in a, in a Lego set to, you know, I know I'm terrible at these IKEA instruction manuals, uh, but, <laughs> you know, text on paper, text on screens, video, audio, it all matters, and so we really need children to have the skill of foundational uh, literacy in, you know, all sorts of media, if you will. Um, But one thing that doesn't get brought up enough is that this somewhat false debate over what real reading is and that there is equity and representation issues at play. Is the student who reads, when we think about it, a child who reads in Braille any less of a reader than a student who can see print? is a student that has a print disability any less of a reader because they need audio support to making meaning, you know, from their text. And so literacy is huge. I mean, it is, there is so much to consider. And when we think about reaching all children, it really means all children, giving them opportunities to read and grow and 
So this yeah. is a big one, and this is something we do a big one. every day at Capstone. Yep. It really is. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's huge when you, when you think about it because, you know, kids, and we know this for a fact, kids learn differently, all right? And right. It brings, and it brings up the difference. And I, I don't know how to explain it because I'm not an expert in reading like you are, okay? But the difference, and this is key, between reading mm-hmm. and literacy Okay, and for example, okay, a blind child may not be able to read. That's the, that would be the extreme example of this, okay? But they can right. certainly be literate by listening to an audio book and getting the information. Absolutely. And, and, you know, what's interesting is as you put together various books at, at, at uh, Capstone, you have to take that into consideration. Where are we on this? Is it important? Is the message of the book more important than the way the kids get the message? I don't, I, these, are, these are heavy philosophical questions. You know, when you, when you sit down with your team, how do you make those decisions? That's, that's really an interesting decision. I never thought about it. It really is. Right now it is. But we just know central to why reading needs to happen is that kids need to make meaning of what they're reading. And, you know, when we think about when each child – you know, regardless of their situation or circumstances, when they can become successful independent learners and when they feel that they're successful while they're learning and they're having fun and they're being engaged, we've motivated them to learn. And, you know, it is the best, it's the best vicious cycle in the whole world. And so we have a world-class, amazing group of authors and editors. And yeah, you do. Publishers and proofreaders, and they every day set out to, to, to follow our, our life's work. And, you know, it, it's not just our – it goes way beyond our mission. I mean, it's our passion. It's what we <laughs> love yeah. to do. We forget it's work sometimes at Capstone. We work very hard, and I'm so proud of our team. But it takes a lot of people to consider – those kinds of decisions and make the best one. But we will continue to, to publish content and to build resources and tools and digital solutions that will reach all children, give them access to literacy regardless of their circumstances. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, well, it is, it, 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 what you guys do, I'm trying to put this into perspective here, is just, it's so darn important on the trail to literacy, on the trail to learning, on the trail to success. You've got to make these kids right. feel good. You've got, you've, got to, you've got to energize them to love what they're doing, And which brings up this interesting point. I know you work with authors and all that, and I don't know how that works. Do they, they give their ideas to you, or do you give ideas to them? But what, what are the hot things that, that kids are loving to read right now? Okay, what's the Oh, my goodness. Stuff? Yeah. So they're okay. they're they're loving, you know, graphic novels. They're loving oh. um they're loving I mean, one of our most popular titles and why we keep building more are these scary, you know, appropriately scary, spooky, yeah. <laughs> gross books. I mean they they you know, at Capstone we think laughing matters. Um we really love to hear kids giggle and laugh and see them smile when they're reading and when we're asking them about what they're reading. You know, they love books a lot. You know, when you think of some of the most reluctant readers, you know, they're, some of them are, you know, the little boy boys out there that need to be connected with content that's exciting to them. So we try to build a lot of uh, sports books and a lot of books that they can 
uh, you know, just identify with a sports hero. A lot of, lot of how-to books, a lot of books that I, I, it's really tough to answer, but I would say Gary Gross, you know, graphic novels, <laughs> books with compelling characters that get kids excited. Um, but it's a lot of fun. We yeah. need to have you read some of our books, Larry, because oh. I think you would enjoy them too, for sure. <laughs> I would. I would, because, because they're, they're good stories, you know. And actually, you just oh, brought up something that was, that was terrific. I have to ask you this, Madam CEO. Okay. Yes. You know, you said that the boys love sports, okay? But this is important for a publisher to understand, and I know you guys do. Okay, girls love sports too. They get the college, they go to college and scholarships too. Okay, do we right. do we put do we put enough girls into the sports books? Let me ask that. Oh, we absolutely do. We absolutely do. And the reason I said, you know, some of the well, no, no, don't, don't be the research, that yeah. way. I just that struck yeah. me as really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we have plenty of girls that are in sports and all different kinds of sports. And, you know, we think that's important, too. We really do. And, you know, kids that are in all types of sports, even children that, you know, have special circumstances that are playing sports. I mean, we want children to see the world around them, and we know that representation matters. It does. I know that. Yeah, we absolutely do. It reminded me, Rand, when when my son, who's now 40, was – was a, a, a child, two, three years old or something, used to like to watch mommy cook, okay? So I thought, oh, well, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. I will go get him, okay, like a play stove or something, a play oven, whatever you call it, okay? Right. That'll be fun. Right. Yeah. So I went to the toy right. store. This is when we lived in Chicago. And uh, I asked about it. It was in the uh, young girls department, mm-hmm. okay? And, and I said to the guy, I said, this is in the young girls department, but the best chefs in the world, if I may, back in those days, were men. Okay? Think about it. Okay? Which I right. just realized I got myself into trouble, but there were a hell of a lot of chefs that were men. Okay? They, you know, and I said, why is it in the girls department? Of course, the guy had no answer. All right? And that's the trap. And I just fell into it myself that we fall into. We, we Unknowingly, we stereotype. Okay, and that's the fight that Absolutely. you guys need the way on to overcome that. Is say no wait, you know, and I know you do this. Sports are for boys. Sports are for girls. Cooking's for boys. Cooking's for girls. girls. Yeah, it's, Absolutely. It's, it's, you know, and that has to that's got to be drilled in from the beginning. It's important. Absolutely, and it is important. And you know, I, I when I was in high school, I wanted to take a class on you know how to take care of my car. You know, just like a, but I wasn't allowed to do it because there weren't any girls kidding? in that class. And oh, my no, I'm not kidding. And so I go to college wow. and I blow my head gasket, right? I run out of water and oil in my car and I should have taken the bill back to the school district, but I didn't. There's your next book, Susie the Mechanic. Absolutely. Okay, I think it's Susie a good idea. But you asked, you know, yeah. there you go. You asked if we create, you know, our topics or our content or if our editors and, you know, author, authors and publishers, or sorry, authors and illustrators do. And it's a little bit of both, but it's a lot of listening out there to our, you know, librarians and educators and, you know, distributors around that know what kids are reading and what they're interested in. So it's a whole cycle. And it's, a, it's wow. really a lot of fun to plan new series, and we get together and we look at, we're very careful about what the, the covers look like and what's included in the book, and there's lots of people involved and really pour over these decisions, absolutely pour over the decisions. So, but there, 
it's a it's a it's a good time. It really is. It is. It is. And you know, this is the way we change things and make it better. You know, I meant to ask you something. You're talking about Pebble Go before, okay? And I went. I think it's PebbleGo.com. I think it is. And I went there. Yeah. Yeah. PebbleGo one word dot com. And I went there. And it's. And I think I read this right. That that's more than books. It's it's more a curriculum. I, I just want you to talk about that yeah. for a second. What, so what's, it is yeah, what's Pebble Go? an amazing yeah. hub of content for kids, and, you know, it's written just right. So, you know, at the K-2 level, it could be an expansive, you know, learning about, it's, you know, it's all nonfiction and, you know, can provide, you know, multiple wow. ways for students to learn. So there could be an article that's connected with a video that is connected wow. with, you know, some uh, literature or, or information to expand the learning. But when you think of our earliest researchers, I mean, think about college kids going to, you know, a library or doing research on the Internet. We want our youngest kids to learn how to research and learn how to grow and expand their knowledge. And so, you know, PebbleGo, um, simplest way to describe PebbleGo is, you know, nonfiction articles, and they're in English and Spanish, and they're on topics that kids need to learn and understand. And then right there within the program, it does provide extensions to the learning. And of course, you know, articles are one moment in time, and then when kids find something they're really interested in, it's super easy to find a book that takes them deeper into the learning and, you know, lets them learn and grow, because we want them to inquire and to wonder and to to love what, what they're reading. So we built it in 2009, and it is just caught on, and teachers and librarians and children love it. So, What grades is it for? Uh, so it starts out at K2, and then we have Pebble Go Next for grades three and five, and cool. just packed with informational articles and you know activities really and cool. I love that. literacy support. Thank you, thank you. I love that. If you read I'm one article the, every day, I believe I asked the question: Was it the nonfiction side? Okay, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, a lot it. of our we love nonfiction. We know that that connects kids to learning and. Our goal is to make nonfiction that is appealing and exciting, you know, back to that revolutionary war versus, yeah. you know, the way that we talk about what it. Dirty, it gritty, the, the muddy, the muddy, sticking, dirty, lousy, <laughs> revolutionary dirty, war. Dirty, stinky, revolutionary war, but I like your <laughs> title, too. That could have been a contender. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all... all the, ask anybody who's ever been in one. They don't want to go to another one. Wars are not fun. Okay, and the, the, the title. No. Okay, now they might have a good right. purpose. I don't. I'm not arguing that they are not fun. Okay, and no. when, you, when you come up with the right adjectives, you're, you're doing a you're doing a good job. Okay, you're doing a good job. Okay, it's just uh, it, it's just great stuff. It really is. Okay, and no war in history has ever been fun either. I might add. Okay, they're fun. Mm. Brian, this is great. I love. How, we're going to do another one. I think in a month or so. But I got to tell you, I just love talking to you about this stuff. Because to me, it's it's so important. I know your company, and they're they're so involved in this equity and access, which is what we're so involved in here. Okay, it just makes me happy when you come on the show. We can talk about it in detail. Thanks. Well, thank you. I love being here, and happy Valentine's Day. And let's fall in thank love you. with reading today, and fall in love with literacy. You want to sing one more time, Larry, or are we out of time? Be my <laughs> Valentine. Oh, God. Uh, People pay me not to sing. <laughs> People you. pay me not to sing, Randy. Uh, 
Okay. Well, I think experience. I've got roses and chocolate at the door, too. So I, I better get them, the thing, And a singing telegram. And a singing telegram. And a singing telegram. There's, yes, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Look it up. I'm telling you, there's got to be something funny on the internet about it, but they used to be real. I will. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Rand. This was great. Was awesome. I appreciate hey, thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. I'll talk to you so later. Much. Bye-bye. Yep. Okay. Sounds great. <laughs> Bye. Always makes me laugh. Okay, I think she's wonderful. That's Randy Economo. Okay, who was the CEO? And I want to say that again. She's the. There's a lot of great female CEOs in this industry. Okay, and it's an industry that's open. Okay, to that. I think it's just great. Okay, and because you know, 80, what is it? Something like 75, 80 percent of teachers are, are female. All right, so the industry has to reflect that. All right, and I think Randy's just a great example of that. Okay, I got to say it's capstonepub.com and it's pebblego. Pebble one word, pebblego.com, and that was interesting. I'm glad I asked that question. We'll archive over at ace-ed.org. Everything we do over there is free for you, the educator. So please take advantage. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm Larry Jacobs. Happy Valentine's Day. I will see you.